Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Batter up. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to A Pod of Their Own. This is episode 147 of A Pod of Their Own. I am Allison McCaig, and I'm joined this week by my lovely co-host, Linda Cerovich. Hello, Linda. Allison. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. We are recording this on the Tuesday after Thanksgiving, um, and it's been a while since we recorded, um, although not much has actually happened because this is like the true dead period of the off season. Um, between like the stuff that happens sort of immediately, like the Edwin Diaz signing and the winter meetings um, and Thanksgiving happens and really nothing happens. But but the um, Mets went shopping on Black Friday last year. I why know. Did, why did they let us down? I know. I mean, like, I, I wrote this down, like, in my show notes when I was, like, during the baseball se- uh, segment to, like, cover the, like, few signings that have happened, like, non-Mets related. But, like, people in general seem, like, distressed by, like, or like bored or whatever. And I think that people have like forgotten that this is how the off season usually is. <laughs> um, the lockdown kind of like ruined everyone's brains and like it like forced a lot of like early signings um, because of the oh, yeah. lockout. Yeah. Um, and this year there is no such threat of a lockout. So it's it's progressing more like a normal off season, which is very boring in the beginning. Um, I think even was it today or yesterday was the anniversary of them signing Scherzer too. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, maybe today because I think November 28th, they signed like Marte and Escobar or maybe it was like November 27th. And like two days later, they signed whatever that Black Friday was. They like signed every free agent. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But there was no such bonanza this year. Um. However, however, there was one particular story that took a rather um, hilarious (laughs) progression, I guess we should say. Like, it's not actually like nothing really happened 
but it's just funny. So, um, Andy Martino, completely one person's fault. Yes. I mean, like, it's just, this is funny because it's Andy Martino. Um, (laughs) so Andy Martino of SMY reported in early November that the Mets are, were not targeting Aaron judge. Um, and he had been reporting this, you know, for like, he also reported this in April when, Judge turned down the Yankees con- uh, contract extension offer. Um, and he said, like, the Mets aren't going to swoop in and go after Judge. The Mets are not interested in Judge. Um, but the wording of his piece uh, that he wrote in November about this matter uh, was, shall we say, interesting. And I'm just going to read the wording of the piece because I think that the way he worded this is important. Talking to Mets people about this all through the year, the team in Queens sees Judge as a Yankee, uniquely tailored to be an icon in their uniform, stadium, and branding efforts. Owners Steve Cohen and Hal Steinbrenner enjoy a mutual respectful relationship, mutually respectful relationship, and do not expect to upend that with a high-profile bidding war. The only way people involved can see the Mets changing course and pursuing Judge would be if the Yankees somehow declared themselves totally out of the bidding. End quote. So this, <laughs> yeah, this prompted MLB to launch an investigation into whether the Mets and Yankees colluded to suppress judges' free agent market, <laughs> which is against the CBA. To be exactly. clear, exactly. Um, now, to be fair, MLB concluded that there was no collusion, but it's hilarious that Martino just like did his usual like stenographer bullshit and got the text and just like typed all the quiet parts out loud and just like <laughs> pressed publish and like, didn't like think about what he was saying. Like, like what the consequences could be <laughs> like, man, <laughs> what? But that's not even the funny part of all of this. I mean, it was funny, but like it gets funnier. But also so- I wonder if like any other reporter would have done that like if any other reporter said no like off the record or not even like hey we're, we're really not going to go after judge because of whatever would another reporter have tweeted it out i don't know and like it like he wrote it in the the, the state media like, yes. <laughs> i remember specifically the athletic article that when when the when the news broke that mlb was doing an investigation into this the athletic article literally said a report on the mets like te- the mets team like tv stations website and yes. i was like <laughs> lol like their official website like i and the tweet never got taken down even after they said they were investigating no no and i mean the, the article's still up the tweet's still up it's all still up so it, this is where it gets even more hilarious um john Heyman, before mlb actually like concluded that there was no collusion this was like a little bit before that John Heyman wrote a piece about how collusion would be hard to prove. There was always like I would have been shocked if this investigation had actually turned up anything like that was hard evidence, because in order to in order to actually say that they colluded, you need like texts between the two owners. You need like actual evidence, right? Texts, emails, emails something you need something and they were never gonna find that 
Um, because I mean, unless like Steve Cohen and Hal Steinbrenner are like really stupid, but I don't think that that is the case. Um, we need something specifically between the two of them saying, Hey, I'm not signing judge as a favor to you. Basically. Yeah. How about you? No. Okay, good. Cool. Um, cool. We're agreed. <laughs> um, and it like, and it's worth noting too, that while this was all going on, Aaron judge was the subject of the investigation, but there have also been reports throughout this whole thing that the Yankees are not pursuing Jacob deGrom either. So it's yeah. it it's kind of going both ways here, right? So, but John Heyman wrote this piece about how collusion would be hard to prove because you'd need like there's a high barrier, you need evidence. Oh no, um, Martino did say the Yankees asked for the medicals of Jacob deGrom. Right. So sure, that to me whatever. was like, no, see, we're not really colluding. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um but like, I thought the, that was just like a show all for it was. show. Yeah, it was. Um but then there was like, so, so then John Heyman, you know, writes this article and, t- and tweets and tweets it out. And then Andy Martino quote tweets John okay. Heyman and says, quote, this is a pitch perfect analysis by John. No one ever reported or alleged contact between the owners. And in the least surprising development of the offseason, MLB found nothing. I literally, my jaw dropped to the floor when I saw this tweet. The audacity of this man. <laughs> the audacity of this man. My no one ever reported or alleged contact between the owner's shirt has people asking a lot of questions about my shirt. <laughs> and the fact that he just doesn't even acknowledge that it was him that wrote the initial article that launched this entire investigation are you serious man like it's completely delusional this is just like the this is slimy stuff this is like the most slimy disingenuous bullshit it's literally the trump no collusion tweet like that's (laughs) literally what it is at this point like Andy Martino is Donald Trump, like tweeting no collusion, no collusion. in all caps. Like, oh, oh my God. Like, is he daft or is he just slimy? No, I think he's slimy. <laughs> I think he's very, very slimy. Um, Like he knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. Like, yes, of course, Andy, we know that you didn't write in your article that Hal Steinbrenner and Steve Cohen are texting. Yeah. But you on. basically implied it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you you caused an investigation to happen. It, dude, it started with you. Like <laughs> my man. And your bad reporting. Oh, oh, it like, like nothing. Obviously, this is like a non-story, really. I mean, like, listen. Are the Mets and the Yankees colluding? P- quite possibly. Is Probably. there proof that they are? No. So, like, there's nothing MLB can actually do about it. Um, but, and, like, it is the kind judge of... The still going to get paid. At the end of the day, somebody's going to pay our judge. So, it's not really sure. going to affect And it's him. probably going to be the Yankees. But, yeah. like, it is infuriating from a Mets fan perspective that, like, you know, to read, like... The reason that the Mets are not pursuing Aaron Judge is because Steve Cohen and Hal Steinbrenner enjoy a mutually respectful relationship. Like, oh my God, stop. I know. Um, like, I mean, like, like, this is where we are in the offseason. Like, bullshit stories like this oh that, like, probably wouldn't get as much traction if there was literally anything else going on. But this is just like, 
this is like extremely like I don't know like this is like the funniest thing in a while <laughs> to happen <laughs> Mets wise like and it's not even like lol Mets it's just like it's like lol Andy Martino like because <laughs> yes. like the Mets actually did nothing wrong here maybe Steve Cohen did but like I don't know. Like, I guess the most wrong thing they did was text their favorite reporter about it. Yeah. And he failed to do journalism properly. I was going to say, like, next time, just choose your words more carefully, Mets, or choose who you're blabbing to, Mets. Because clearly he can't keep a secret. (laughs) Yeah, like, he's not. And he, like, like, he just, like, didn't choose to think about this or do any further investigating at all about it. Yeah. He just like got a text and tweeted it out. And yeah. that's like what, and now that here's where we are. Um, there was no journalism involved there whatsoever. There was no journalism and there was no collusion. <laughs> no collusion. <laughs> no, collusion. No, ju- no journalism. No collusion. But uh, at the same time, don't the Wilpons still own SNY? Like, come on, Cohen. It's time to, like, clean house and, you know. Yeah, I know. I know, right? Revamp like, SNY. I was going to say this is really Wilponian, but I guess that, that's why. Like, it, it is, is yeah. literally Wilponian because this is, like, the this is, like, SNY stuff. <laughs> yes. So, of course, their fingerprints are still on this. Well, I know they're like probably not involved at all, but still, like he's your employee. Yeah, I just man, that that was just like again, like it's not actually a substantive story in the sense that it's like not like it doesn't mean it doesn't affect anything from the Mets' perspective as far as like what their roster looks like, their off-season moves, or anything like that. But it's just like a very funny story, a very funny like weird. Mets like media landscape story. Yeah. It's like again, like with baseball journalism, can we like get actual journalists, please? Yeah, I would like that. (laughs) Instead of people who just repeat what management tells them to say. Also, I'd recommend very strongly that the rich billionaire owners don't collude. Yes. Like the, the 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 this like we can laugh about it, but the, it was a symptom of larger problems. A yeah. baseball journalism and B collusion. <laughs> yeah, like let's. I I would I would recommend not doing that. Yeah. Um, and this is an instance of like you. They had no actual hard evidence, but it like quacked like collusion and walked like collusion. Yeah. Um. Well, and so. then you also wonder like how many of these other like backhanded deals happen mm. yeah it makes you think it does really makes you think it does like i don't know like could the mets tell the braves hey we don't want you going after jacob Degrom," and the braves <laughs> do like could that have happened because then the braves said we're not going after him and then the braves in supposed interest in jacob Degrom suddenly vanishes into thin air yeah um, I mean, there's I just made that up. Like, there's no evidence whatsoever, but it makes you wonder. Yeah, I don't know. Like, a lot of these things, like, you know, when it comes to, like, teams, like, and we talked about this a little bit last time, when it comes to teams, like, saying they're interested in a player or, like, or, like, tweets, tweets from reporters or from certain sources saying that teams are interested in a player, like there's many reasons why that could 
be and then suddenly not be that aren't collusion and have to do with like they're still like kind of playing games, but it's like in an above board sort of way. Like negotiating tactics. Yeah. It's like the agent like leaking certain things to make it seem like the the player's market is like very robust or whatever. Or a team making it look like like making it look like they're interested in a certain other player so that player B who they're actually interested in, they can be like, look, if we don't sign you, we're just gonna sign player A. Like there's like a lot of like that's why you can't like always trust these like reports that come out because like someone is strategically leaking that usually. Yeah. Like, like, the, yeah, if they want to up their offer or something like they're, they're, they use the media to get what they want. Yeah. Um, but meanwhile, we'll talk about a couple of those reports because <laughs> I have to, we have to, um, Nothing is like even nothing about the Mets aside from the Edwin Diaz deal, which happened very quickly, is like really even close to imminent at this stage, at least as far as like major free agents are concerned. Um, But there's a few tidbits here and there that you can make of what you will. Um, The Mets have been connected to Justin Verlander, but are reportedly more focused on Jacob deGrom now. But there's also been noise about Carlos Radon and that they're going to meet with him. Um, I think that it's. It, it like it seems very clear that they really, really want to land one of those three top pitchers. Yeah, and it they're seems gonna like figure they're, out who they can get. Yeah, their only competition is the Rangers for some reason. The Rangers for some reason. The Rangers, like, so the Rangers after initially, after initially reports came out that the Rangers were interested in Jacob deGrom. Um, the latest reports from the Rangers are not necessarily coming from the Rangers, but the latest reports about the Rangers say that they are, quote, more confident that they can sign Carlos Rodon than they can sign Jacob deGrom. I mean, I don't know if that's true. I don't know. If, again, we don't know if that's a tactic on like some on the agent's part or the uh, team's part or whatever. Um, but that is what the reports are saying. Um, basically nobody knows anything until somebody actually signs. Well, cause then I think even Martino was like, Ooh, there's a mystery team for Jacob to grab. Yeah. There's also a mystery team. The Dodgers met with Verlander. Cause again, like the, the Rangers are reportedly in on these pitchers. Um, and so they might be one of the Mets competition, but like the Dodgers are always competition for any free agent at the high end of the market because they're the Dodgers. So the Dodgers can just swoop in and and, you know, take any player at any time. And do whatever um, they want, basically. <laughs> yep. Yep. So that's always uh, a possibility, too. But I think that, like, it's clear that the Mets want one of those three top pitchers and they kind of have to land one of those three top pitchers because otherwise their rotation becomes significantly worse. Can um, they land two of those pitchers? I mean, that'd be great. I don't <laughs> expect it. I don't either. <laughs> um, but that would make their rotation suddenly very good. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, I would love Jake and Rondon. I wanted Rondon last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, he could be, he'd be really good. He'd be really good. Rodon would be really good ad. Um, he's injury prone, but you know, the, like, you know, DeGrom and Verlander in their (laughs) thirties and Verlander's almost 40. So there's that. And Scherzer is, you know, no spring chicken either. So the Mets open themselves up to risk by 
signing all these old dudes too. Yeah. See, that's my problem. Like, yeah, I get Verlander just won the Cy Young, but I really don't want Verlander. He's always pushing 40 at this point. Scherzer's no spring chicken. You're counting on, you would be counting on the two of them. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Verlander has been doing this forever um, and he just keeps doing it and you kind of feel like he might be indestructible, but I don't know. I, everyone, everyone's mortal. So I just don't want to, I just don't think that's a solid enough plan. I'm sorry. It is a gamble, but there's like the, sadly, like there's not much, like, it's not like there's a, there's that many hotshot free agents that are in their twenties available. No. Yeah. Like I get that, but you could go a little younger and Rondone. (laughs) Yeah. They could. Or even um, bring back Ty. Yeah, they could. Um, they seem not interested in that because they didn't give even give him the qualifying offer. Yeah. Oh, they were linked to Jameson Tyone too. Yes, they were. That's true. So um, and he wouldn't be bad. Yeah, and he's a little younger. Yeah, I think he just turned 30. Yes, I think that's correct. So like if he's like your three or four, like he would probably be your Taiwan Walker replacement. Yeah, more or less. So Tampa's birthday because I he's thirty one. Okay. So he, yeah, he but would I be, think he just turned thirty one. And I feel like he would be Yeah, his birthday was November eighteenth. So he would okay. thirty one. And he would probably be better because I feel like he was victimized by Yankee Stadium. Yeah, possibly. Well, I, mean, I think he has a chance to get better if he if he signs with the Mets. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I would be fine with, like, Jake Rondon and Tyone. That'd be good. Yeah. That'd be a good. That'd be great. I don't think that's going to happen. Or, um, or was it Senga? Kodai Senga. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, the, there's no movement on that as far as I know. Um, like, it, it, like, there's no, like, developments uh, that are new from last time we recorded. Last time we recorded, both the Mets and Yankees had interest in him, and I think that remains the case. Um, and there's also a bunch of other teams, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's going to – I think he's going to get paid. Like, I don't think he's going to be, like, some sort of cheap alternative. No, no. He's going to get paid. So we'll see. But if they can land like one of these top three guys, Verlander, DeGrom and uh, and Radone and all like also and get Sanga, that'd be great. But we'll see what happens. Also, um, I know this was a long time ago and it proves nothing. But my former boss is from Detroit and is a really big Tigers fan. And they already tried the Scherzer Verlander experiment and they failed. Yeah. Well, that's the Tigers. No offense (laughs) to your former boss and my current boss who is from Michigan. They had Scherzer Verlander, David Price, Porcello and prime Miguel Cabrera and still did not win. Yep, it's kind of like the Angels with Trout and Otani. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like her biggest regret is that they didn't win with that group. I was like, well, welcome to the club because we men fans also have a lot of regrets. Yeah, we didn't win with the the five aces uh, because the five aces were never in the rotation at the same time, really. Nope. Yeah, I think, yeah, like 
It was like one turn through. Yeah, I think it was that one glorious week and that was it. That was it. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Um, other like Mets related rumors. Um, so Jose Abreu signed with the Astros, which is obviously not a Mets thing, but it's relevant to the Mets because he had been seen as a potential fit for the Mets at DH. Um, but the but the uh the rumor that or the report that came out of Jose Abreu signing was that like he had been seen as a fit for the Mets, but the Mets are filling that role instead, quote, internally. I don't know how. I really don't know. Which how. that's not a great thing to hear. No. Um, that was their one weakness last year and you still don't have any more options. Because like, so sure, they picked up Vogelbach's option. Vogelbach is cheap. I'm fine with that. Yeah, and, like, fine. You know, he's the long side of the platoon. Sure, whatever. Run that back, I guess. But like they struggled to find a platoon partner for him all year. Darren Ruff was obviously an abject disaster. Um, and I I am scared that they are going to roster literally Darren Ruff again. And that is <laughs> that cannot happen. Please, Allison, I can't go through that again. I can't Please. I can't do more Darren Ruff. Please, no more Darren Ruff. Um, I think the Mets, I think the Mets think he's good. They traded like four players for him. I think the Mets like think he's good and are going to do their Mets thing where they're like, well, we traded four players for him. So we've got to, no. oh God. No, no, no. I'm very scared of that. I'm going to be like shaking in the corner now. No, I'm it, 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 just emotionally prepare yourself for Darren. Like he Ruff. needs to go to like just retire or go back to the KBL where he was like a year ago or two years ago. But I think that the Mets and then like so if they don't if they don't roster Darren Ruff uh, then like the other options are like Vientos who looked clearly overmatched against major league pitching last year. Um, Brett Beatty, who might be good, but we don't know. And like, he doesn't really have enough of a ma- of enough major league experience to know if he's going to be good. And plus, like, we don't know if his bat alone is like enough to be like a viable DH. Yeah. And like, or like they carry three catchers in DH Francisco Alvarez, which is like, I think that's silly. I don't think yeah. they should do that. No, but I think they might. I think they legit might carry three catchers because they can't. I think they're going to try to trade James McCann, but they literally can't. No, nobody's going to take him. You have to non tender him. You'd have to like, yeah, you'd have to cut him. But I don't think they're going to. He makes too much money. I mean, because here's the thing. Like, I know that 
Like Robinson Cano, we talked about this at the time that it happened. Robinson Cano was the big test to see if the Cohen regime would eat sunk costs because the Wilpons never did. Yeah. Yeah. Like they they would pour money into a player and then he would play even if he was awful because he makes money. I, you know, Cohen proved that he is willing to eat sunk costs, but I think that McCann is different because he can still provide utility as a catcher. Like he is decent at catching. Yeah. And I think that they see that as a reason to keep him around. He makes a lot of money and he can still provide some value catching. Whereas Robinson Cano had no value offensively or defensively. I mean, I can buy that if you don't have Darren Ruff as your DH. If you bring in more offensive firepower, you can deal with McCann as sure. your catcher, you can't have McCann and Roth in a lineup together. That just you you can't. No, no we saw it at the end of the year. We saw what happened in September when they couldn't score runs. Or even you know, or even Tomas Nito and Darren Ruff. I mean, Tomas Nito provides much more defensive value than even James McCann, who's solid. But Tomas Nito is like one of the best defensive catchers in the league. Yeah. So like you put up with his like sixty WRC plus or whatever. <laughs> um, but James McCann should not have a sixty WRC plus. Like that should not be a thing. Um, and yet, I, I I like. I don't think that they're gonna roster three catchers. And Darren Ruff. That would be kind of ridiculous to do. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm wasting a roster spot. But they might do one of one or the other of those things. I don't think either one is a particularly good solution. No. That was your, I mean, it was a glaring weakness that we all saw and then got proven after the trade deadline. And then that's their plan again like it failed during last offseason then it failed again after the trade deadline so now you think it's gonna work out this third time yeah i don't know when you still clearly need a dh they could have had jt ramuto this whole time it wouldn't be a yeah, problem like, or even if they just signed like Schwarber or something yeah well that would have been nice like a real dh yeah yeah, like a real bat. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they might they might have some other thing up their sleeve for this, but it's it, it, c- talking about filling that role internally is not ideal. Red flag. <laughs> That's a red flag. <laughs> danger, um, danger. On the, I guess, more positive side, uh, there are reports that the Mets are interested in bringing back Adam Ottavino, uh, that and that, a, and that a reunion with Seth Lugo is quote less likely, which makes sense, I guess, because yeah. I think like uh, there were rumors like Seth Lugo is actually generating interest as a starter, and he has made it no secret throughout his Mets tenure that he would prefer to be a starting pitcher. It's just that like he was not as effective with the Mets as a starting pitcher as he was as a relief pitcher, so. He settled into the relief role, but that he like there were t- there were teams who were reportedly interested in Seth Lugo as a starter, which good for him. He will most definitely leave and be a starting pitcher then if he gets a contract where he can um, even compete for like a a rotation spot. Um, but well, yeah, Adam Ottavino UCL tear too. Yeah, he still has a partial like UCL tear that's like kind of a ticking time bomb. So. 
Yeah, good luck, Even though I enjoyed his contributions to the Mets a great deal, I think that them parting ways is probably the best. Yeah. Um, but bringing back out of out of Eno is, I think, a really good idea. I mean, he he was he was really good last year. He was, he was. Really good. I mean, I don't think like all of June he only gave up one run, and that was in his very last appearance in June. Like at like, the end of June, like he was held like a the he didn't give up a run for an entire month. Like I don't know where you're gonna. I know he's like you know again forty two. Also, like, yeah, like I don't know like how many old guys you can collect, but I don't know where else you're gonna get like two point whatever ERA he did like 2.05 like two ERA production out of a reliever for any cheaper than Adam Adovino like it's just you're not gonna there's no way to get that for Edwin Diaz he was their best reliever by a lot yeah like by a fairly significant margin yes and again the relief market is not that great (laughs) yeah which is why you need to develop guys. I mean, you want Corey Knebel or Will Smith or like you have options, but are they as good as Adam Adovino? I would like Adam Adovino back. Um, Yeah. And then then they did shade for Jeff Brigham, who is decent. Yeah. So the Mets have done some moves on the fringes that have, that are good, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Mets have made a few moves on the margin since we last recorded, mostly to bolster their pitching depth, uh, both, uh, starting pitching and relief pitching. They acquired uh, Alicia Hernandez and Jeff Brigham from the Marlins uh, for a prospect and cash considerations. Um, and that was a good move. I thought um, yeah. Alicia Hernandez is not very good, but he's like, he has, he has potential. Like he has good stuff and he shows flashes. Like I've seen, like we've seen it. He's, he's pitched yeah. against the Mets. Um, and like, he looks like he could be good. He gives up way too many homers, which is concerning when you pitch in Marlins park, the most (laughs) cavernous ballpark in the big leagues. Um, but if they can fix something, like, I don't know, like if they can fix something with him and make it so he gives up, like even, you know, like less 30% less homers than he does now he's he sort of becomes like a fifth starter then like a viable actual fifth starter so I think that that's good to have like you're kind of like putting him in the plugging him in the sort of like Joey Lucchese like that sort of tier of like maybe they can contribute and make spot starts here and there when there's injuries they can fill in for a double header it won't be a disaster because you have like at least a major league caliber pitcher um and you can avoid like you know uh the sapucky start <laughs> i mean i know sapucky's not on the team anymore but you can avoid like having that happen again uh more jose budo content um but so that was good is what's worse now, having Zip Pucky on the team or having Darren Ruff on the team? Uh, Pucky probably just because, like, I don't know, like Darren Ruff. I guess like, he could cost you more. Yeah, Sapucky can do more damage because yeah. he can, like, literally cost you a game by himself, whereas Darren Ruff can't really That's do true. that. That's true. Um, but yeah, so they also acquired Jeff Brigham in that trade. Good, uh, like again, a, a reliever that you can that I think has options, so you can send up and down. Um, the you Mets think he's also like a three five something ERA. Like he's not bad. Yeah, he's fine. He's good. 
So that's good. The Mets have that. That's good. Um, and they have uh, this isn't uh, anybody they acquired uh, this year. But remember, they have John Curtis coming back from Tommy John surgery. They acquired him last offseason, knowing that he would miss the entire 2022 season. But he will be in theory ready to go. And he is another, you know, optionable reliever that you have. Um, on tap so the Mets are like acquiring these guys they also picked up a couple of relievers off of waivers Steven Ridings from the Yankees and William Woods from the Braves Um, these are like flyers that they're taking and like that's the type of thing that like good teams do to fill out their depth especially teams like the Mets who you know as we've established many times on this podcast can't develop their own relief pitchers so they have to go get other relief pitchers and hope that they can tweak them and make them into something useful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, William Woods um, is an interesting guy. He was a riser in the Braves system and he was their 25th best prospect even now and would have been, I think, much higher on their list. Now, I'm not a prospect evaluator, but I think he would have been much higher on their list if not for the fact that he's been so, so injured the past couple of seasons um, last year, he made his major league debut, basically like pitched once got sent back down and then immediately injured himself like, and not, but not arm problems. He had it like an ankle injury, but it cost yeah. him like three months. And so like, he's just hasn't pitched enough in the past couple of years, but he's like, he, he throws really hard. He's one of those guys who throw like fastball slider guy who throws really hard um, who might be a guy. So we'll see. And Stephen Ryan's also intriguing guy. I I know a little less about him, but um, you know they, they're they're taking flyers, and that's good. Obviously, they need to be doing more than that. But these are the types of moves to bolster your depth that they should be doing. So they have been doing that, and that they desperately need to. Yeah, yeah, they need to be doing that because the current bullpen, as constructed, is like Edwin Diaz, Drew Smith, eighth inning guy. Um, Stephen <laughs> Stephen Nagosik, John Curtis, and like Jeff bring them. <laughs> That's like your bullpen, and like maybe like one of these waiver guys. Like that that is your bullpen right now. <laughs> like that oh Br- Bryce Montes to Oka maybe. Yo, like, yeah, like maybe. that's who's in your bullpen right now. I just I dream one day of the Mets having a good bullpen. I one mean, day kind of did last year. Their bullpen was okay. It was outside of, I mean, it was always an adventure with Joe. Oh, yeah. Joelle has gone to the Red Sox now. No, oh, yes. Yes. I wish Joelle the best. I hope he has more success with the Red Sox than he did with the Mets. <laughs> he was good at the end of the season. He was. He found was. a stride at the end, but it, the early season was really rough. Um, for yeah. Him. Like, like he started off strong, then like kind of got a little shaky and then like, picked up steam again so it was just always an adventure with him yeah and the Mets continue to have no left-handed options unless they put like Peterson or Lucchese in there in the bullpen um Lucchese I do not think is a viable I mean like he he's a viable like swing man and like Trevor Williams type like that's fine but yeah I don't I do not think they are using Joey Lucchese to air it out for an inning. <laughs> That's not what Joey Lucchese <laughs> but is didn't for. Didn't they try and he wasn't happy? I uh, do Rojas put him in the ballpen. And he Yeah, didn't... I mean he was, but he uh, he was always pitching multiple innings when he went in in relief. 
And he was really bad when he was a reliever. I think his like reliever splits were starter versus reliever splits were like pretty stark. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he, he did not want to be coming out of the bullpen. Um, but yeah, you do not want Joey Lucchese seventh inning guy. That's not a thing. <laughs> or like Joey Lucchese Lugie. That's not a thing. You want. <laughs> the churv coming at you. <laughs> churv. No, no, we want, we want, we want him to be the the starting pitching depth. We do not want the Lugie to be Joey Lucchese. It's not a thing. Um, I know other- kind of fun, like if coming out to like the Sopranos theme, and then you have Narco right behind him. How fun would that be? That would be pretty badass. Not gonna lie, but <laughs> but it's just the yeah, alas, it is never to be. Um, <laughs> The other piece of Mets news is not related to any uh, players, but um, they've had a bit of a coaching staff shakeup. Um, so the Mets promoted uh, hitting coach Eric Chavez to bench coach. Um, and that is because they were nervous some team was going to poach him <laughs> to be their bench coach or even their manager. So well, they, they coached him. him from the Yankees. Yes, year. yes, they did. Yes. <laughs> um, and he was like, he was uh, going to be what was it? The angel. He was like interviewed to be the angels manager. Maybe he got, he's gotten managerial interviews before. I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the Mets like did not want some other team to poach him. And so they promoted him to bench coach. Um, the interesting part of this is that Glenn Sherlock, who used to be the bench coach is now like coaching the catchers, which feels like a pretty significant demotion for Glenn <laughs> Sherlock. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know, like, why he was kind of willing to take that. I guess, like, I don't know. He's older. Like, he's probably not, like, looking to rise anymore in the ranks or, like, take a managerial position somewhere. So he's just, like, and he's happy doing what he's doing. So he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, like, Coach maybe just, catchers. like, stick me wherever. I don't care. I loved the article about it, though, because you you could tell that, like, it was coming from, like, Mets people because, like, the sentence about Glenn Sherlock was, like, he's going to coach the catchers and, like, uh, and, like, come up with strategies to control the running game, which the Mets see is vital to their success. I was like, yeah. they're, I was like, <laughs> no, they're talking really up this, boring. like, niche job they invented for Glenn Sherlock as to not spurn him. <laughs> yeah, like, see, look at how vital he is to our team. We He's very really important. value him. He's very important. <laughs> um, and Jeremy Barnes will now be the hitting coach. Um, I think I saw a report after I did the show notes earlier this morning that their um, that their bullpen coach is not going to be back. The Mets bullpen coach. I thought I saw that. In. Who was their bullpen coach? Yeah, I'm like embarrassingly trying to find it now. Because it wasn't bonus, right? Bonus has been gone for a while, hasn't he? Yeah, I'm trying. Oh, Craig Bjornson won't be oh. returning as Mets bullpen coach. Team officials with pitching coach Jeremy Hefner taking the lead role will begin interviewing potential replacements this week. Mets would like new hire to be almost like an assisting assistant pitching coach as much as bullpen. So yeah, Jeremy Hefner is going to look to hire like a new kind of right-hand man. So that is, that is a vacancy that will have to be filled. Uh, so there's, there's some shuffling going on in the coaching staff, but just whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like Eric Chavez deserves this promotion. Like he's been, he's done a really good job. 
Um, and it seems like Jeremy Hefner is like the constant through all of this. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I think that the, I think that like Buck likes him and I think that the pitchers like him. So, yeah. And the organization seems to like him because he was rising when he was with the twins. He seemed to yeah. be like, rising to the ranks with the twins. So he definitely seems to be, you know, a hot commodity or at least, you know, respected around baseball so yeah and you can't really argue with the results so no i mean people people are getting on like oh their three biggest pitchers all failed when they need them the most it's like okay yeah sure yeah they weren't great against the braves and padres but it was two games yeah yeah what about the rest of the year and like you know and I'm still convinced Scherzer was compromised too. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's pretty obvious. But like, you know, they're they're star pitchers coming up small in these in like these key games. Like that's not the pitching coach. Like no. Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer are like <laughs> pretty well seasoned at this point. They're not like not, not to say that like Hefner's not helping them with anything or like doing anything with them. Yeah, like if like, something mechanically is off that they didn't realize, you could probably point it out for them. But like but like Max Scherzer sucking in a big game is not Jeremy Hefner's fault. <laughs> like that's no. not no, that's not a thing. Um <laughs> But yeah, that's that's basically the state of the Mets right now. We're in kind of a holding pattern, obviously. Like, well, the Wednesday are what this weekend? Yes. Right? Yeah. So th- there, there's not a lot happening around baseball right now, like free agency wise. Um, the winter meetings begin on Sunday, um, and they run through like Wednesday of next week. Um, so that's when I think we'll start to see some real action. Usually, at least one or two or a few big signings come out of the winter meetings. It's not everybody signs at the winter meetings but at least like the the proverbial ice is broken um at the winter meetings usually i think my prediction is that the first like big i mean i guess unless you count like i guess you can't count edwin diaz as the big the first big signing because like he technically was never actually a free agent because the mets like re-signed him before he even became like a free agent and used their like exclusive bargaining period um right after the like before the season even really ended. So um, I think that Verlander is going to be the first to sign, like the first big one to sign. That's my prediction. It's just on vibes and not actual evidence. I think Martino predicted like judge would sign over the winter meetings. But again, take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, I don't know. Um. So, like, so far, really, the only things that have happened are that, like we mentioned, Abreu signed, Jose Abreu signed with the Astros. Um, I think it was, like, three years, 80 million or something like that, right? Um, And the White Sox signed Mike Clevenger. That did happen. Um, Which was a really bad look for the White Sox that they let Abreu go and sign Clevenger. Yeah, I know. I know. And uh, and, uh, the... I have to find the tweet. Yeah, the Reinsdorf tweet. Uh, Jerry Reinsdorf, Reinsdorf like his yeah. uh, his statement that he tweeted. Yeah, uh, statement on behalf of Jerry Reinsdorf, White Sox chairman, on Jose Abreu. 
It was my fervent hope that Jose would never wear another uniform, as I told him many times throughout the years. Unfortunately, hope is not always translated into reality. It's like, geez, Jerry, I wonder what if only you could have done something. (laughs) Yeah, gee, I wonder who uh, who uh, who's in charge of that. Yeah, like it's just like like I really hoped that he would sign with us. It's like. Yeah, <laughs> like you're the one controlling that. Jerry. He very easily could have signed with you. Like my brother in Christ, you could have just paid the man. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you know, you're the one writing the checks, right? Like, dude, what? <laughs> Loved that. And then they just went and signed Mike Clevenger and said that's kind of anticlimactic. Uh you know, I mean, they needed pitching, so yeah. sure, whatever. They probably needed a better pitcher than Mike Clevenger, but sure, whatever. Um, I can't, you know, I'm in no position to talk considering the Mets have to sign like three pitchers. Um, I follow a lot of um, folks from White Sox Twitter, and it's just, it's such a shame what's happened to that organization. Yeah, I saw a tweet that was like, what is even the point of the White Sox? White Sox, yeah, like- <laughs> They were so fun a couple of years ago. The I know. Were good. And, and then, then they, they hired Tony LaRusa. Yeah. And just killed everything. And killed now, all the good vibes. Yep, like the all vibes, the good vibes instantly yep. gone. And it seems like he lost the clubhouse multiple times. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's like now you're bringing, you're letting your stars go. You're not bothering to compete like they could have very easily competed for that division last year if they tried a little harder yeah the division was kind of garbo so like if they had signed a couple free agents if they hadn't hired tony la russa yeah i mean well la russa's not going to be their manager anymore so yeah but i don't know it just seems i i feel bad for white Sox fans yeah it is kind of a Sorry, the the organization's in a sad place. And it was it happened so fast too because it seemed like they were on this like up and coming team. They were going to be fun. They were going to be good for a while, and then it, they just did a complete one eighty. Speaking of organizations that are in a sad place, the one of the <laughs> only other free agent signings was that Carlos Santana signed a one year deal with the Pirates. <laughs> Oh, so that they did that. Good for them. <laughs> yeah. Like you go pirates. You do you, something. You do a thing. You tried. Yeah. Um, the, yeah the pirates. You. And it's just like, and now I'm just thinking to myself, like what, what, uh, what cash deal will the Mets make with the pirates this year? It seems to be like an annual thing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, so I almost fell off my chair a couple years ago. When I went to the Pirates game and they bought Anthony Banda and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> it's Anthony Banda. Yeah, like what, like what reliever are we going to trade them this year? It was Anthony Banda and then it was Colin Holderman. So are we going to end up trading them like Bryce Montes? That's my bet. <laughs> yeah. For something. Um, we'll see. <laughs> Stay tuned <laughs> for Pirates related developments. Um, but yeah, I it's mean, like, like the annual trading for Kelly Johnson. <laughs> this is um, the new trading for Kelly Johnson. Yeah, it is. Um, in NL East division news, um, we learned in the past like week or so that Bryce Harper underwent Tommy John surgery, which we we always knew like he had UCL damage. We knew this and he was like playing through that. 
Um, and I think throw, so and like couldn't like, throw was only DHing. Yeah. Um, and I think that like there was always like they always knew that he like needed you know like uh some sort of like whether he needed actual Tommy John or just like rehab was unclear. Um, but he underwent Tommy John surgery. So now he's going to miss about half the season next season, which is a pretty big blow to the Phillies. Cause obviously he's their best player. Um, and the Phillies expect he'll be able to DH by the all-star break and then play in the field again, like toward the end of the regular season. So, um, it's not I as think- bad as what a pitcher gets it, but it's still right. right. Still, you still need a functional elbow to like swing the bat. And stuff. Yeah, it helps. It helps. Um, so that's a pretty big blow to them. They're they're probably, you know, factoring that into their offseason plans. I think I mean, I think that the Phillies like biggest splash is going to be whatever shortstop they sign. I think they're going to be in on like Turner Correa, like that tier yeah. free agent for that. I don't, spot. See, I don't know. I don't see them. Be, uh. I don't see them I think, for Turner or Swanson. I can I think they might. I think they might. Uh, that's, a, that's a lot of money to have tied up in Wheeler, Schwarber, Castellanos, Harper, Real Muto. They almost won the World Series. They I did. Think they, 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 they're, they see it as like, we need to invest in this team. I, I like, I don't know. I wouldn't count them out like. I'm nervous about them. They definitely cause... need a shortstop, but I don't, I don't know if they would pay that though, because like I said, they have a lot of money on the books. We'll see. We'll see. I think that they like, I think that this ratchets up their need to do that though. Yeah. Like they already needed, like it was already like a gaping hole that they were going to need to fill. And I think it becomes even more stark because like missing Bryce Harper's bat out of the lineup is a big deal for them. Like that's not good for them. No. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens, but I think that they're going to be big players in the shortstop free agency market. But I think they also need a closer too, because Canable- oh, absolutely they do. Yeah, Canable's yeah, gone. Canable's gone. Um, and you know he wasn't particularly good for them either. No. Um, I mean, you know they they have Sir Anthony Dominguez, who you know did a good job for them. I don't know if they like think that he can be the closer, but even if they do think that, they need more than just him. Um, and Zach Eflin's gone now. They had been using him sort of as like a, like he sort of became like their Seth Lugo. Yeah. Like, like firemen who can pitch multiple innings and like turned into kind of a, like bulk, a bit of a bullpen hero. Um, and he's going to get like, make no mistake. Zach Eflin is actually going to get, I think quite the hefty contract if you look at what relievers are getting across the league and like the availability of relievers, I think someone is going to pay Zach Eflin a fairly significant amount of money to like maybe be their setup man or something. Yeah. Um, I can see it. Didn't they have um, Brad hand for a while or did I make yes, that up? Yes. Yes, yeah. they did. Yes. He was in their bullpen last year. Um, yeah, but he's a, a whole new bullpen. Jeez. He's a free agent again, I think. Yeah. He um, is. So Yep, the Phillies need a, a lot of relievers also, like the Mets. I don't know much about, like, their pipeline, if they have anybody that could. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, I know that their top prospect is is a pitcher, but a starting pitcher. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know what they've got coming down the pike, necessarily. Um. So, it'll be interesting to see 
what they do. Um, Especially, yeah, like you said, they came so close. Yeah. Like, you know, I think, like, it's... The Braves are, like, like NL East picture-wise, like, the Marlins continue to be, like, virtually a non-factor as far as, like, spending money on free agents. Who yeah. knows if they'll field, like, a good baseball team because sometimes they just, like, are good randomly without... For 60 money. games. Yeah, right. Ugh. Um, In 60-game samples, the Marlins can be good. Um, <laughs> But I think that them being, you know, big players on major free agents is not a thing. Um, the Nationals are actively tanking and continuing to do it. They they actually signed like two guys today, but it was like, uh, like uh, Heimer Candelario and like, uh, oh my god, I don't remember the other guy they signed. Were they like invites to spring training? Uh, Stone Garrett. That's who they signed. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Nationals making moves. The stove, it is hot. Um, it's Stone Garrett was non-tendered by the Diamondbacks, by the way. Um, <laughs> so that that's the type of stuff the Nationals are doing. Um, <laughs> and will continue to do, probably. Uh, and the so then you have the Braves, who obviously are a very good baseball team, won the NL East. Um, and did not like Dansby Swanson is the only notable departure from that team. So they will be good again. Um, but unclear how much there'll be players in the free agent market. They, they made a noise about DeGrom a long time ago, but then like there was something about how like they don't want to spend over 20 million average annual value for like anybody ever because they're the Braves and they like their whole business model is like locking up their, homegrown players for two dollars um so if they can't they can't do that they're like not gonna sign free agents for big money maybe i don't know um and then you've got the phillies and the mets the mets are gonna spend money who knows how much um and the phillies i think they're in a position where like this is a team that they want to invest in like they it's a good team that almost won that got to the world series like you gotta keep building on that um, on that momentum that you have. So I think that they're going to play. The, the Mets certainly didn't in 2015. They're like, right. We got there. It's okay. And then they just didn't invest in that team. Right. So, I mean, it'll, I, maybe we shouldn't base it on the Mets being Metsy and the Wilpons owning the team, but not every team goes for it. Let's put it that way after they've or just been to the World Series. Yeah, or they I mean, just accept that we had a good team, so they should just be good, right? Like, if I'm a Phillies fan, and the Phillies don't spend money this offseason, like I'm, I'm pissed. Like, they should be spending money. They should get one of the best. They should get one of those top shortstops. Absolutely, they need to rebuild their entire bullpen, and obviously, they need to sign starting pitcher as well because the Syndergaard departed. Uh, Eflin's gone, even though they yeah. started using Eflin in relief, but he's gone. Um, yeah, they need... Unless they're, like you said, they're, are they going to give their prospect a shot? Maybe. I don't know if he's ready. I don't know I don't the know. status of him. I don't even remember his name. It's I like, don't either. It's like, <laughs> it's like oh, I know... I'm like, I can picture him in my head, actually, what he looks like. 
He's like what? Andrew Painter. Yeah, Painter. He's oh, Mika Bell. That, yeah, I was thinking of him too. I mean, they have a few guys actually. Yeah, but yeah, it seems like both their top prospects are are all uh, pitchers. Yeah. Um. Anyhow. Yeah. Um. The only other baseball news uh, this week or the past couple of weeks um, is that uh, a judge ruled twice against Trevor Bauer, which is very excellent news. Um, basically, the two the two rulings were um, he he's so Bauer has filed a bunch of defamation lawsuits, basically against his accuser and against all the media outlets and against anyone who said that he did the things he filed defamation lawsuits against all of them. Um, One of those was dismissed, which is the one against his accusers, former attorney. So that one was dismissed. Um, And the other, uh, the other uh, ruling was that his accusers countersuit can continue. So she's, she is countersued against him. And so the judge ruled that that countersuit could continue. So Trevor Bauer took two L's. <laughs> Just putting it out there. Yes. Great. Great. We love to see it. I know that these are like not, you know, groundbreaking or like, like he's not going to jail or anything like that. But, you know, anytime Trevor Bauer takes an L, we'll be here to talk about it because we want to see that. <laughs> And also, it just proves that even though the case was dismissed, that doesn't mean he's innocent. Right. Like, there's still legal proceedings going on. Yeah, and there will continue to be. He just wants to drag this out for as long as humanly possible because he's filed all these defamation lawsuits. And, like, a bunch of those are still going on. Um, So, like, these things are continuing to happen. Like, yes, he luckily has, like, dropped out of the baseball public consciousness which i think is a good thing um but we can't forget that these things are still happening um that this is not over um especially for you know the victim it is never over and he is making her life miserable by suing everybody involved and continuing to let this drag out so you know there it is was it two years he was suspended yeah so technically after next season he could theoretically come back he could i don't like i've never been optimistic about this stuff because never underestimate like the ability of some team to be like here's a cheap option for us um but i think in this This case was so egregious. He's been out of baseball for so long. He's been so persona non grata at this point. I actually think that he's never going to pitch in the major leagues again, which is good. Yeah. Let's hope. I mean, I hope Uh, like, I don't know this, but that's my, that's my gut feeling on the matter. Like, I just think, and it's not all because of the benevolent, the great benevolence of baseball teams. Let's be real. Um, the fact that he won't have pitched for two years, I think plays a pretty big role here. It's a combination of like him being like no one wanting to touch that with a 10 foot pole and also him not having pitched for two years. Like 
it's not for teams. It's not worth the PR risk for a guy who hasn't pitched in two years and was only ever good, like for not that long. Yeah. And because of sticky it. stuff and because of sticky stuff, basically. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I really don't think he pitches again. We'll see. I hope he doesn't. No, I'm, I just want him to go away forever, like get be fired into the sun and go away forever. Yeah. I mean, part of these defamation lawsuits is him like clinging to relevancy um, and like grabbing at headlines and like anything people say about him is like good because they're talking about him. So, which I guess we're contributing to that, but I, I like, I like talking about when he takes L's. So yes. that makes me happy. <laughs> so I figure I mentioned it. I, I, I'm not gonna, we're not gonna spend hours on this podcast analyzing it, uh, no. but just warranted a mention, I think. Um, but we will end the show this week. Like we always do with walk off wins where each of us talks about something that is making us happy this week, baseball related or otherwise. Linda Surovich, what is your walk off win for this week? Um, my walk off win is, uh, obviously Thanksgiving. Um, we went to my aunt's house in, in Jersey and it was the first time in two years, the entire family was able to get together. That's great. Um, my cousin had her baby during the pandemic and then my cousin graduated college during the pandemic. So we did a drive by celebration in 2020. And that was the only time I'd ever met Allie, like a little baby in a car seat, like driving by that was the, and now like she was a little girl running around talking. I was like, who is this child? Yeah. Right. (laughs) Like kids just grow up so fast. And yeah, it was just incredible to see, you know, I was like, wait, I had to do a double take. (laughs) Um, and, you know, it was funny because we've been going to my aunt's house for, for so long. Like, my generation used to be the kids running around. So we were like, is this what we sounded like when we were running around this, like, the house? And now, like, all the cousins' kids were running around. And so it's like, yeah, that was you. You were doing the same thing. Um, so, yeah, just kind of, you know, the, the, the circle of life or time keeps going. Um but, um, so yeah, it was good. And then my mom does a smaller Thanksgiving with, uh, with just the immediate family. So I had two Thanksgivings. I ate way too much. Um, I saw the bluey balloon. I'm so happy. I got to see the bluey balloon. I was so excited that bluey was going to be a balloon. And then I actually got to see bluey. So that was fun. And then our therapy dog at work was in the dog show afterwards. Fantastic. Um, they didn't show him like being like shown or whatever, but like when they went through the lineup, um, we got to see him. So he made a cameo. Um, so yeah, it was, it was overall just like a really, it was a really good day. Um, I always love Thanksgiving and, you know, and then it, 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 it does get overlooked by Christmas and, you know, I was already listening to Christmas music as soon as it was November, but still, um, I do, I do appreciate Thanksgiving and it's the one holiday that like everybody can celebrate and come together. And like, it's like a typical American holiday. Um, so yeah, so it was nice finally and seeing everybody again. And apparently 
my aunt, my home, my aunt and uncle, their whole family, they're all really big Yankees fans. But now my cousin's son all of a sudden became a Mets fan. <laughs> Excellent. We brought one over. Yes. I was like, Elaine, why is Declan a Mets fan? All of a sudden she goes, I don't know. I was like, all right, I'll take him to a game. She goes, good, because I'm not. (laughs) So I was like, yes, we won Declan over. (laughs) So him and Em were talking because Declan's favorite player is Pete Alonso. So that made my niece Emily very excited. (laughs) Yes, they can bond over that. Yeah. So I was like, yes, way to go, Declan. Um, so yeah, overall, it was just a good day. Good food. Um, I beat my cousin in fantasy football. It was, it was all good. <laughs> and Bluey, Bluey. And, and Drew in the dog shell. Those are all my walk-off wins. <laughs> yes. Uh, my walk-off wins are also multiple. And they're also kind of all, like, centered around just, like, having a very nice, like, Thanksgiving um, holiday. Um uh, we uh, went to Michael's mom's house for Thanksgiving um, and uh, Thanksgiving's really big in Michael's family. We, we uh, like they always have like a big Thanksgiving. Um, and this is the first time that I've gotten to participate in it since 2019 when we first started dating because I was pre COVID. And then in 2020, we didn't really have the like big Thanksgiving because like of COVID. And then in 2021, uh, I was exposed to COVID like right. Be- I, I I didn't end up getting it at that time, um, but I was exposed to COVID like right before Thanksgiving. So we didn't go to the I didn't go to the dinner. So this is the first time I've gotten to like do uh, Thanksgiving with Michael's family since 2019. So that was like really, really nice. Um, and this year for the first time, my parents and my brother came as well. So we had like our first kind of like blended family Thanksgiving. It was huge. It was like 18 people. Um, and it was just, it was really nice. So I had a nice time. Um, lovely dinner. Um, Michael's mom never disappoints. She's a fantastic cook. Um, and we had a really nice, uh, nice Thanksgiving dinner too. Always like so much food, like three rounds of food. Like she does a whole breakfast spread too. It's insane. Oh my gosh. And I'm just like, Thanksgiving is when you like fast all day and you don't eat until dinner. That's the whole point. No, 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 not, not start cooking the days before oh my gosh (laughs) like she preps the whole week um so we had a whole breakfast spread at like 10 a.m like bagels lox cream cheese eggs bacon like the whole deal like pancakes like all the side dishes like everything full breakfast spread at 10 a.m so that's round one and then like round two is the appetizer round like the hors d'oeuvres like at like you know in the afternoon um, while you're watching football and then round three is the big dinner at dinner time and then round four is dessert <laughs> I was really slowing down by the end <laughs> you have to it's imperative to pace yourself and I always fail um so yeah it was really nice um and then uh so my second walk-off win is um that I went to so this Thanksgiving weekend, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, I went to my first ever NFL game. Um I went to with Michael to see uh the Jets. Um and the Jets won. Uh I <laughs> I have been filled in on every single bit of detail involving <laughs> Zach Wilson and the <laughs> drama. Uh, of Zach Wilson, uh, but Mike White came through for the Jets, uh, and uh, they played the Bears. Oh, right, right, right. 
Yeah. And the Bears, the Bears primary quarterback was also injured. So <laughs> my first NFL game, it poured the whole time and I watched <laughs> two backup quarterbacks play. But Mike White did a really good job um, and led the Jets to victory. And now Jets fans are all converted to Mike White. Um like as as you know the next uh coming of christ himself <laughs> uh so all aboard like, the mike white train they are all aboard the mike white train let me just tell you um and you know if it wasn't for the fact that when i tell you it poured it poured i was like i was like i'm a delicate baseball fan in my sport <laughs> they cancel the game when this oh happens shouldn't there be a delay <laughs> shouldn't there be a delay a rain delay <laughs> Instead, I just sat there with a giant poncho over myself, like scowling. <laughs> I was I was pretty miserable with the weather. I was very happy that the Jets won and it was a, an exciting game with like lots of action. And like, were you Michael able was to happy. cheer? Or was it just like I, I mean, like I did like my little what? <laughs> like, and like you can like my clapping didn't make any noise because I had gloves on that were soaked through, so it just like sad sloshes when I clapped. <laughs> like I was just like like I was wet. Like I was like like I had jumped in a pool, even though I had worn a poncho. It was just like because it was windy at one point too. Oh, yeah. it was at least it wasn't like super cold. Like it was cold enough where if you're wet, you're gonna be chilly. Um, but it wasn't like, you know, 30 degrees and raining. It was like 50 degrees and raining. Yeah. But it was still not the best weather in the world. No, but I went to Target because I realized everybody had a stocking with me. So I was like, well, I need a stocking in my own house. <laughs> so because so, I was decorating that Sunday and yeah, I was driving to Target and it was, yeah like pouring rain (laughs) so yeah I know exactly what kind of rain you were talking about because I'm just about as hard as it can rain without like thunderstorming um it was raining pretty hard uh for most of the game too um yeah, like I had the windshield wipers feeling the do 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 do. Yeah, the like fastest setting yeah. where they like they're where the like car a blur. shakes because it's going back and forth. <laughs> yep, yep, it was raining a lot. So yeah, that was the that was the bad part of it. But the good part of it is that the Jets won. Um, and it was it was it was a good time. I enjoyed it. Um, did it you stay nice. for the whole game? Yes, we sure did. We stayed oh, wow. for the whole game. Um. I went down into the concourse during halftime because I was like, I need to be dry. I need to warm up. Did they have um, like heaters or anything? Like, nope. Oh, nope. That's not fair. The only time I could like get warm was when I would go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could you stand under the hand dryer and like just stand under the hand dryer, like, please help. <laughs> dry um, off, help me. And it was like, it was such a production to use the bathroom too, because like I had to like take my poncho off, take my coat off, my sopping wet coat, like peel all the layers. Oh, it was like <laughs> ridiculous. Um, You're a bigger person than I am. I don't know if I would have gone. <laughs> it was like the only thing Michael wanted. And, you know, like, and he bought the tickets, so I oh. can't complain. Uh, I was like, we'll go. I was like, I'll go to an NFL game with you, but I'm not paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so I paid for the parking, which is not cheap. No, no, <laughs> that God, was my no. that was my consolation. I was like, you paid for these expensive tickets, I'll pay for the parking. That's fine. Um <laughs> what so about yeah. food? Who bought the food? 
Um, I did, but okay. we kind of like took, I think we took like turns because like I bought one beer and he bought the other. I don't remember. I think no. I, I bought the food though. Okay. Um, now, what did you think of the stadium? Because when I went, I was like, the stadium cost a billion dollars and it's like nothing. It's a stadium. It's, yeah. Like it's so like, utilitarian looking. It's not. Yeah. Nice. I mean, there's no, like, I mean, it's tough because like, Again, I have a sample size of one for NFL games, but like to me, like one of the things about baseball that I enjoy is that all the parks are different. Yeah. And like with with football, they all the stadiums kind of look the same. They're like big, giant bowls. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like indiscriminate utilitarian bowls. Like it's, it was a football stadium. I don't know if because I went when it first opened, like I went so long ago already. Um, but I went to the bathroom. The game wasn't on the bathroom. Like the, the, the bathrooms weren't even like automated. And I was like, it's city field. You get, you listen to Howie while you're in the, the bathroom. game was on the radio in the bathroom. Okay. So maybe they did some graves. I'm like this stadium cost a billion dollars and I can't even hear the action when I'm in the bathroom. But like, I'm like, football is not a very good radio sport. And like, I don't know enough. Like, I don't watch enough football and like follow football enough to be able to like when they're talking on the radio about what's happening. Like, I can't follow what's going on. (laughs) Like baseball is like a very good radio sport because it's kind of like a has like a slower cadence to it. There's like, you know, like you have time to describe what's happening. Football is just like he runs up, he throws it, he he spins around a pile of dudes. And then that's like, that's not what it is. <laughs> or the, what is it? The shove time. <laughs> yeah. Shove time has elapsed or whatever. Yeah. yeah for the, the, the strange planet. He shoved after shoving time. Was he over. shoved after shoving time was over. <laughs> Personal foul. laundry on the field. Shoved after shoving time was over. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah, but I had a fun time. It, it was, it that's was fun. Good. Um, but so like, sorry, I'm cheating and taking a lot of time for walk off wins this week, but you know, I got to celebrate my doves. I've had a rough year. So like when yeah. I have good, good times, got to celebrate it. So, um, you know, I, I went to the, the NFL game with Michael. So, you know, the, his, tra- the trade off to that is that he has to put up with me during the world cup, <laughs> which <laughs> the other uh, football. Yes, that is my walk-off win, is that the World Cup is happening, uh, and the U.S. men's national team advanced to the round of 16 today. I love soccer. It's like the, like, I love soccer as much as I love baseball. It's just that there's not really, like, like, I get as excited about the U.S. women's national team as I get about the Mets, but I never really can get invested in the men because they suck most of the time and they're like really disappointing. Um, And I don't have, even though I like love the game of soccer, just as much as I love the game of baseball, I don't have like a club team that I support. Like most soccer fans do like most soccer fans have like either like a European club team that they love or like an MLS team that they love. But I just like never, I don't know. I like, there was a while when I was a kid that I was like really into. Well, back then they were the Metro stars and they were the New Jersey Metro stars oh, mind you, yeah. because they played at Met, MetLife, what is now MetLife Stadium, you know, the Meadowlands. They played at the Meadowlands and they were appropriately called the New Jersey Metro stars. But then they changed their name 
to both like corporate branding and New York Red Bulls. And I was like, excuse me, did they move locations? I don't think they did. (laughs) (laughs) So like it's I don't want to say that like killed my fandom because that's not really it. It's like I also just like kind of like I like MLS never stuck. Like I liked it a lot more when I was a kid and I it just never stuck with me as an adult, even though I kept playing soccer and still loved it. It's just like I never like it never like grew root. My fandom never grew roots the way my Mets fandom did. So like I'll pay attention to the Red Bulls when they're like in the playoffs, but I don't like live and die during MLS season. And it's also partially because like the MLS is not like it's still not the best players in the world, you know, because no. like soccer in America is still growing Um, as far as like the domestic league. It's not the elite league. And that's why a lot of Americans like root for premier league teams because that's where the best players are playing. Um, That's the most fun. Um, But even more fun is international competition, in my opinion. And that's when I get really fired up about soccer, but it only happens once every four years. Um, I get into the Olympics too, but it's not quite the same because for soccer fans, like the world cup is it, that is the pinnacle. So it's just very like, well, there's nothing like the world cup. It's just like the whole world's involved. It's, it's just like so fun. I love it. Um, and so, yeah, I just have loved watching it this year, like all the scandals and (laughs) my God, I know Um, this is like the most dramatic world cup. I know like FIFA. I, I love the world cup. I don't love FIFA. No, FIFA is terrible. You know, you love the Olympics. You don't love the IOC, the IOC. It's the same thing. Yeah. Like I love the world cup. FIFA is a corrupt, terrible organization. And, you know, having this World Cup in Qatar uh, comes with all sorts of problems of human rights abuses and issues with the regime. Um, So it's 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 mixed feelings for sure. It's not it's tough uh, because there are lots of people who rightly are calling to like called for boycotts of this World Cup. But like that was just like simply never going to happen. Like yeah. people were just never like, it's the most popular sporting event in the world. You were never going to get people to boycott that. Like, I'm sorry. I was just saying there's probably like way too much money on the line. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> sure. Yes. <laughs> um, But yeah. So like, I, it, it's been really fun. Like I haven't had this much fun, like, like uh, watching a world cup, uh, at least a men's world cup since, uh, since, since 2010, when I was there. When I went to the World Cup in South Africa in 2000. Well, isn't it going to be in Jersey? Uh, next year, or so next, not next year, next World Cup in 2026. It will be hosted. Uh, it, it will be jointly hosted. It's only, I think, like the second time that that's happened. It will be jointly hosted by three nations, by the United States, Canada, and Mexico. All three oh. will host. Um, and so there will be cities throughout the, you know, the continent, the North American continent um, that will be host cities. And one of them is uh, the Meadowlands. So they're they're calling it New Jersey slash New York because, um, yeah. of course, they are. Well, um, I mean, the Jets and Giants kind of set the precedent. There. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they're, but yeah, the, the, that is one of the host cities, along with Philadelphia is a host city in America. The, I forget the full list, but it's like eight cities in America and um, a few cities in Canada and Mexico. Um, I was talking to um, Michael's family about this during Thanksgiving, uh, but like it's interesting because the host nation 
always gets an automatic bid to the World Cup. Oh. Um, all the other nations have to qualify through their regional tournaments. In the in the United States case, that's CONCACAF. Last World Cup, the United States did not qualify. <laughs> no. uh, <laughs> so they did not play in the most recent World Cup before this one. Um, yeah, and CONCACAF is like Canada, Mexico, United States, Latin America. Um and the European region notoriously difficult to qualify out of because like Europe is very good at soccer. Yeah. Um, and then like, you know, the like Asia and the Middle East have their own like qualifier. Africa has its own qualifier. Um, but the uh, the host nation gets an automatic bid. And it's interesting because like, does that mean that the U.S., Canada and Mexico will all get mm. automatic bids? Which would be weird because that's basically like all the CONCACAF slots, like like only three. I think there are four teams from the CONCACAF in this World Cup. It's the United States, Mexico, Canada and Costa Rica um, who were in this World Cup. And Costa Rica only qualified because they basically like played a play in game. There were like a couple of like qualifying slots that were like you play in a playoff. It's kind of like those play in games for the NCAA ter- for the March Madness oh, tournament okay. yeah, yeah. where they like play in to get that final slot. They have to like play each other and the winner of that game gets that slot. Um, so Costa Rica only qualified because they beat. I forget who they played in their play in game, but they they played a play in game to qualify. Um, so those are only four teams from the CONCACAF in this World Cup. So if like next World Cup, the three CONCACAF teams have the automatic bid, like, is there going to be no other CONCACAF team? Like, are they not going to have CONCACAF qualifying? I don't know. I don't know enough about like, I know like nominally how this works, but I don't know how they're going to handle that exactly. Um, so that'll be interesting. But yeah, the World Cup is very fun. I have enjoyed myself a great deal. I Usually don't get this invested in the men. I only get invested in the women. Uh, but I the the men have at least advanced to the round of 16 and they play on Saturday against the Netherlands and are probably going to get stomped. But I'm going to watch <laughs> anyway and get very excited about it. <laughs> so is it like elimination now? Yes. Yes. Oh. Now it's elimination. So every all the Americans were complaining about ties. There won't be ties anymore, people. <laughs> There's not going to be ties now. The group is going to get eliminated. Uh, so now if it's tied at the end of regulation, they will play overtime. Um, and if it remains tied at the end of, they, they play like, I think a lot of sports work this way. Uh, like they play like, you know, two overtime periods with another kind of like little halftime in between. And if the, it remains tied after that, then they will do penalty kicks, uh, to determine the winner, which is like, kind of like the shootout in hockey. Similar. Situation. Although they get rid of the shootout in the playoffs, so you just keep going. Wow. Yeah, yeah see, people say that like that they should do that for soccer. And like in principle, I agree. Like I'm a baseball fan, right? Like I'm very pro like play until someone wins. I think that penalty kicks are a terrible way to decide a winner. Because but- penalty kicks, because at least in a shootout, it's even. The goalie and the and the player have well, they're they're they both have an equal chance at, at either stopping the puck or scoring. But in soccer, it seems like if you guess wrong, you're done. Oh, yeah. Pe- a penalty it's kick luck, is, basically. is essentially a free goal. It should be a free goal. Like, the chances of a goalie saving it are very low in soccer. Like, yeah. it's it, Yeah. So it's almost like the penalty kick shootout is it is so much more mental than it is physical at that point like it's all a mental game if you miss a penalty kick 
it's because either the goalie like guessed correctly and made a fantastic save or you like that you let the pressure get to you and you missed. And that's like, you know, a professional player should not miss. Kind of like how like, you know, basketball three free throws. Mm -hmm. Like if you're a professional basketball player, you should never miss a free throw. It's called free for a reason. Like it's from a distance that any professional basketball player should make, but no basketball player shoots a hundred percent. Most of them don't even come close. Most of them are like 80, like even the best ones are like 80 something percent because yeah. like, you know, everyone's staring at you. <laughs> yeah. And making noise and like, yeah, making noise. You. And so like, that's kind of what soccer like penalties are like, it's like a free throw. I mean, I know the goalie's standing there, whereas in basketball, no one's like blocking the basket. It's basically for decoration at that point. Yeah, exactly. It's basically free. And so like it is. Yeah. And it's a terrible way to decide the winner because like, you know, there's no like there's no strategy or like athleticism or like superior like anything involved. Like the like it's not like this team won on penalties. Therefore, they were the better team. Like that's never the case. Right. It's all luck at that point. Yeah. But it's like it's like letting it be decided by a coin toss, basically. But like soccer, like. I think people don't uh, people who don't watch soccer regularly um, don't understand like how how hard it is to keep like it's hard to play that game for 90 minutes. Do you know how in shape you have to be to play that for 90 minutes? Like it is so much more running than any other sport besides literally running (laughs) besides literal track and field like players run like like professional players run like five miles a match or more. Like it is so much running and it is physically impossible for these players to play beyond like the 120 minutes of like overtime. It's just like you can't do it anymore at a certain point. Like all the players would drop dead on the pitch. Like you can't play soccer for that long. They have to do penalties at a certain point. Hockey, they can keep going partially because it's like a little less I mean it's more physical in other ways in the sense of like well, they slam they each do other the against... line changes they're not out there the entire time. exactly like they yeah. sub the entire team out and they cycle in and out they only play for a couple minutes at a time and then they get to rest soccer is not like that like the whole most of the most of the players on the field have been playing the whole time they make like you get five subs like and that's the max and most teams don't use their max they only use their max when like guys get hurt and stuff like it's it's yeah, grueling. Yeah. You can't play that long. So like I know that a penalty the penalties are like an objectively shitty way to decide like an elimination game in a world tournament, but like what can you do? There's like no really a, I haven't heard of a good alternative to it. Yeah. And it's crappy. But didn't, anyway, like, there Germany will be no more ties. Yeah. Didn't Germany win on like penalty kicks last time or like two something yes. ago? Yes, I believe that that is what happened. I'm like, I'm like trying to remember because I like, I mean, I watched the World Cup last last time, but like I didn't watch it too. Like I wasn't paying too close attention because the United States did not qualify. So it was just like kind of casually watching it. Yeah, um, I feel like re- sometime either the, the last World Cup or the World Cup before that, I think somebody won on penalty kicks and it's like, oh, like yeah. they won it all on a penalty kick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's rough when it's decided by penalties. Yeah. Uh, but the, the World Cup has been super fun and the group stage has been great because like there were a lot of upsets, weren't there? Yeah, there were a lot of upsets. And like basically it's like it, it's like 
a, a, if you're a soccer fan, this is the best time because the like soccer is on literally all the all day. You can just put it on the background all day and just watch great soccer all day. It's awesome. I mean, like the, the time difference makes it hard because the earliest games were at 5 a.m. Um, <laughs> so like those I did mostly did not see. Um, but like starting there was like, you know, on days where there was like a full slate of games, which was like, you know, the past two weeks straight have basically all been like that. It's been like, you know, eight, you wake up at 8 a.m. for work and it's like there's a game at eight. There's a game at 11. There's a game at two. So it's basically like all day there's been soccer and it's been great. <laughs> you just put it on and leave it on. Yep. That's what I've been doing on days. I've been working from home. Literally, I, I put it on. I leave it on in the background all day and I mute it during meetings. And I've just had <laughs> it on all day, every day. And it's been awesome. I've been in like heaven. Like imagine if there's baseball like all day. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? That's what it's like. Um, well, it's, it's are not they be like that with the pro world baseball classic or no? Um, I don't know. I don't know exactly what the schedule of the world baseball classic is going to be like, as far as like how many games per day they're going to be. I feel like early on, there's probably going to be a lot. Do you would think? And they're playing exhibition games against the Mets. Yeah. I can't wait for the world baseball classic. You it's the, it's, it's gonna the be baseball good. world cup. It's the same thing. It's very exciting. I, I think it's going to be super fun. The I was looking at it and the the American team is not as good as the Dominican team, folks. Really? Let me just tell you. Oh, that that Dominican I team. Dominican. I just like keep seeing all these people going for Team USA. I'm like, oh, we're stacked. Oh, because now Harper probably can't play anymore. No, damn it. Uh, World Baseball. Let me like I am telling you, this roster is bananas. Like. Dominican. I saw a graphic with the entire roster on it. Why can't I find it? I just keep seeing that like Nelson Cruz is going to be the G. Oh, Adam Wainwright is- apparently is on Team at USA now. That was just announced today. And Nestor Cortez is on Team USA. I saw it on Twitter originally. The, the... Well, the Czech Republic has a team. Way to go, Czech Republic. <laughs> oh, those, I think that's to play to get in. Yeah, so this isn't the complete roster because this was tweeted a while ago. Um, but this this was the roster like in October, and it's like you know only more players have have said they're going to do it. But this is the Dominican roster: Gary Sanchez at catcher, Vlad Guerrero Jr. at first base, Jose Ramirez at second base, Wander Franco at shortstop, Manny Machado at third base. Sandy Alcantara, Alcantara is the, is the starting pitcher. Mm. Rafael Devers is the DH. Juan Soto is the right fielder. Oh. And Starling Marte is the left fielder. No, Marte. And Framber Valdez also in the rotation. Oh. And um, Emmanuel, Cla- uh, Emmanuel Classe. Uh, Genesis Cabrera. Like, this is like, a, like, this is better than the American team. Oh, man. <laughs> like, are Leave you Trout at least? Kidding. <laughs> 
And Pete, um, we Pete. Absolutely no one's going to beat this World Baseball Classic team. Oh, this graphic has Starling Martin center field. Then who's that in left field? This one just has their photos. And so I don't like, I'm trying to figure out who that is. Who's in left field. Yeah, Team USA's pitching is a little, a little shaky. Yeah. That are, are Unless like point? Jake or Scherzer signs on. Uh, like, I don't see that happening. I think Scherzer already openly said he's not doing Yeah, that. I don't, yeah. Because he's still, like, hurt, basically. Like, he mm. needs he needs to recover. He's old now. Yeah. Oh, and also, he probably doesn't want to go all out in March, either. Because he's the type of cycle that would and hurt himself. Oh, yeah. He totally would. <laughs> anyway, that was a very prolonged walk-off win, but <laughs> I had a lot going on. I also, like had some pt wins which is good it's um, always good yeah like I'm, I'm like i'm progressing really well in pt like i kind of had like a bad like my follow-up appointment with the ortho did not go so well and i was bummed out but then like we worked on it very aggressively and i feel like i've made a lot of progress this past month so that was happy my car also reached a hundred thousand miles literally while we were driving to the <laughs> football game so it's wow. been like it's been quite the week <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I cannot wait to, even though like, I know in my heart of hearts that the U S men's national team has literally no chance to beat the Netherlands in the round of six. Are they the Kiwis? What? The Are Kiwis? The Kiwis? Yeah. No, that's uh New Zealand. Oh, New Zealand. This is the oh, Dutch. Like, this is the Dutch. Okay. Yeah. The Dutch. Oh, yeah. oh, so yeah, they have definitely no chance against the Dutch. <laughs> the orange, the orange, the orange, yeah. uh, as they call themselves. Um, and they're like ranked like third in the world or something. Yeah, uh, I think like, it's second actually. Yeah, I remember watching them a few years ago, and yeah, they were really good. <laughs> to be quite honest, like watching their group stage matches, I have not been super impressed with how they've looked this tournament. But that that does not mean that they will lose to the United States. <laughs> that would be a major, major upset. I'll just I'll tell you that that would be a major, major upset. Yeah, like they can't go back to the Netherlands. Um, yeah, the, the, both the Netherlands and the United States, uh, in this tournament have struggled to score goals. It's going to be a low scoring game. Like the, both teams are like pretty defensively minded. Um, so we'll see how they match up against each other. I mean, like, you know, anything can happen obviously. And it would be so exciting if the U S made the quarterfinals, that'd be crazy. That would be a great outcome. Um, this U.S. men's national team is really set up to compete in 2026. That is like the the year that I think that they might do very well in the World Cup. Uh, right now, they're, they're very they're very young team, very young and kind of unseasoned. So we'll see. This is kind of like the test run and the next World Cup in which they will be the host nation. So they'll kind of have like home field advantage, too. I think could go pretty well for the U.S. But this has been a fun tournament. Yeah, shout out to hometown hero Tyler Adams from Wappingers. Yeah, from Wappingers. Yeah. Um, So we're all, I mean, that's a little further north for me. But yeah, way to go, Tyler Adams. Tyler Adams. Um, Yeah. Uh, New Jersey and New York, both very well represented on this World Cup roster. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Um. 
that does it for the show this week. Um, you can find our writing at amazingavenue.com. We're finishing up. We're wrapping up our um, season review series. Um, we've got uh, more season reviews coming down the pike for you. We're also doing our daily uh, morning news posts, as always. All the off-season rumors, we got that all for you over at AmazingAvenue.com. You can follow Amazing Avenue on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. You can follow this show on Twitter at A Pod of Their Own. You can also follow A Pod of Their Own on Instagram and TikTok. We are new on both those platforms. Uh, more, more content to come, but you can follow us there too in case Twitter sinks into the ocean. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at a pot of their own on both of those. You can follow each of us on Twitter. I am at Petite PhD. Where are you, Linda? At Linda Servich. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from and rate and review the show. It really helps people find it. The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there is no crying in podcasts.